Hey guys, just Josh here. Welcome to Ballarat Talks. Proudly sponsored by the Region Cinema. Yeah, you, yeah. you put the balls on the line there. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I moved, I moved out of home when I was 14, so it sort of comes Really? Yeah. My face. <laughs> the phone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, guys, with Madeline Witten from The Little Cupcake. Alright, Madeline. So, today's guest. I did, uh, I met you back in 2017, was it? Oh, probably. I reckon yeah, it would have been. been, maybe. Um, thanks for rushing, rushing in from work today too. That's alright. Probably can't see on the camera, but well, you will see on the camera. But she's um, all dressed up, ready to go. She's come straight in from work, still got the chef's hat on. <laughs> so sad hair. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I couldn't believe that I, I didn't hear about you earlier. Uh, I think I was shooting vlogs around the town at the time, and I think somebody. What happened? Some did someone tell someone think, did tell you someone about did us. Tell me, I can't remember. It was someone from the Red Line. Someone from the Red Line uh-huh. might have been the marketing guy there. Yep. That came to talk to me about another video project, and then he mentioned you. And um, I think I came in there with my mate Toddy, and we, <laughs> I might have to post that on actually on this part. Talks. So we dressed up almost like apprentices. You showed us around the back. Actually, started serving customers. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good video. I enjoyed that. It video. was very good. You um, did very well. But yeah, so take me back for a start. Where, how did you get involved in the cupcake game? Oh, that's a really good question. And if I tell you how I, where I actually started in, as far as a career goes, mm. you'd probably be quite surprised. Okay, but hit me. Here go. we go. Here we go. When I was seventeen and I'd finished school, I actually joined the army. All right. Yeah. As as a musician. Wow. So. Yep, joined up for as a 17-year-old, did basic training, all the stuff. Yep. And served in the band corps for 10 years. Wowie. Yep. And did a whole heap of stuff that's probably not that relevant now. And then I went, while I was still in the army, I went to uni and did a degree in music teaching. Yep. Secondary school music teaching. And towards the end of that, then I got married and had my first daughter, Chelsea. And then a couple of years later had our second daughter, Ella. Yep. And that sort of put a bit of a spanner in the works as far as career-wise, um, because Ella was born with a severe disability. So okay. I did really spend the next 20 years or more sort of caring for Ella, really, and just trying to survive and, wow. you know, just, it was tough. Yeah. Very tough. And we lived in Sydney at the time, so I had to work. So I actually found a job. I couldn't go into school and teach because my husband was already doing that and you just couldn't put Ella into after-school care or yep. anything. had to be there. Yep. So I ended up working as for Vision Australia, which is a blindness agency. It was Royal Blind Society of New South Wales. Okay. So I got employed there as a music brailleist. So oh, like with the... So you're, are you pretty good with the braille and everything now? Like you? Yeah, oh, I can. Wow. They trained me, so I had to learn to read literary braille. Yep. But I don't read it with my fingers. I read it with my eyes. The so, braille. You read the braille with your eyes. Yeah. Okay. And then I had to learn music braille, which took sort of another twelve months of study because it's like a, it's like a second language. So you've got English and you've got French. It's like music braille, even though it uses the same six dots. Yep. It's you're reading the same thing, but it's completely different. So. Oh, I did that. That'd be very, yeah, wow. Very specialised and not very movable sort of um, career choice, really. Yeah. But I worked for them for 16 years and then 
our youngest daughter, Ella, finished school in Sydney and one day we just sort of looked at each other and said, because we'd been wanting to move to Ballarat for a few years because I've got family here and okay, Mark's say, a yeah. Hamilton boy. Yep. And Sydney's a tough place to make it. Yep. Um, but we put the girls through school there and one day he came home from work and I just said, are you ready? I've, have you had enough? Ready to go. And he said yes, so we didn't have a job, didn't have a house, didn't have anything and just thought that's it, okay. we're, we're going. Awesome. And we also knew that for Ella it would be far better to have, for her to live in a smaller town like Ballarat than Sydney, yep. but or has all the great services and good disability services, so that was a big factor in our decision. So you researched that first to make sure there was oh, yeah. a lot of services? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then um, I said to Mark, right, well we're going to buy a house with a little shop front, because Obviously, we'd been to Ballarat a bit and we knew they existed, so kept our eye on what was around. And I saw a house in Eureka Street and I said, that's the one. Bang. So Mark came down and had a look at it. I didn't even see it. And Is there a house on the back of that? Yeah, we live there. I didn't know that. Really? I, I just thought oh, it was a shop. Mass- just, no, no. not very observant, am I? No, it's like a four-bedroom house. Wow, okay. Yep. Yeah, it's a big, big house <laughs> at the back. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Oh, you that. even saw it from the... I know, I was in the back too. <laughs> Does it lead, it lead straight into it? Yeah, through the door, oh, through the... Fucking, I'm blind. Yeah. Wow, okay. So you go you go out of the shop into the hallway and then you've got the lounge and the study and the kitchen and all around the back. So right anyway, long story, take, yeah, you may want to cut all this out. <laughs> no, but, no, go on. Um, and I said I'm opening a cupcake shop and I don't really care whether it, how well it goes, it's just... Well, you own the house anyway, I've, I guess, it's just like... I've looked after my daughter for however many years and this is what I'm going to do for myself and this is what I want to do. And I just started in Sydney a couple of years before I just started teaching myself and I just liked cupcakes. I can't even tell you why, I just liked them. Just like cupcakes, you said? I just, just liked them. I just thought they were beautiful or you can make them beautiful and I don't know, it was just something I really clung on to as for something aside from all my other roles as mm-hmm. mother, um, wife. Yep. And, and in big, you know, with the disability field, I spent a lot of time in that. Yep. So it was just something completely different. And I thought, right, I'm just doing it. So, so I did. How did you juggle then the disability stuff to then go straight to the business? Like, how did that work with your daughter? Um, it was the first year was very hard because she was living at home with us. Yep. And then she wanted to move out into a, um, like, community housing, like a... Mm-hmm. So that, that was tough as well, trying to access that. Yep. So there have been a lot of battles I've fought before I got to Cupcakes mm. in a lot of ways, many, many ways. So yep. um, she, after a year, she moved out into disability accommodation. Yep. And uh, that made it much easier to keep going because the business just kept growing. Yeah, so how was that first year of business? <laughs> it like, was so it? weird. Yeah. Like, we put out, we had some little tables and chairs and... And it was really funny because people would come in once they discovered we were there and they would stay there for two hours sitting at, at the table. Or just out where you, no, in, in, the, that, in, in that, the shop. Oh, wow, okay. Mm. Yep. We just had a small bench yep. and we'd have about six different cupcakes and I'd put out about, you know, six or eight a day. Yep. And I remember because um, my mum was helping me because Mark actually ended up, um, just before we got here, got a job as director of music at St Pat's College. Oh, yeah. Yep. So he was working that year and... Um, Mum and I'd be sort of sitting at the table at the back and a car would pull up and we'd be like beside ourselves. Oh Here my we gosh, go. it's a car, it's a customer. Oh my gosh, it's a customer. And, and I was just like, couldn't even, I said to her, I can't even go at the front. I don't even know what to say. I'm too nervous. But 
We soon got over that. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Soon got over that. Jumped leaps and bounds. Yeah. Did you... See, I've got a friend um, that's in Shepparton, right? And she started a cupcake, cup, like a cupcake from her house, yep. uh, a little store sort of thing. It's not a little store anymore, though. It's like ridiculously big, huge. Wow. Do you reckon that she should venture out into a shop, or do you think that she should? She's better off staying in a in a home where she's not sort of paying rent, essentially, or paying double rent. Cake making is tricky. Mm, like in terms of the space and everything you need with the in, ovens and yeah in terms of that but also had I sort of known you always say in retrospect mm. you you perhaps would have done things differently but quite a few people have started cake shops in leased properties and in six months they're gone yeah uh, because it's a quite a difficult market to judge as well mm-hmm. what advice would I give um most cake makers start a business from home. And yeah. we, there are a lot of them everywhere that just work from home. Um, I think one of the problems with cake making is the amount of time and effort that it takes to produce a cake is really not known by the average person. No, I so think they just think it's slapped together and off you go. It's quite difficult to actually make a living out of it. Yep. It really does take a lot of time and a lot of effort and people people don't necessarily want to pay you don't get paid for the time that you or the ingredients also that you put into it basically yep so you've got to work smart and i think that's why taking a risk into a shop can be tough definitely yeah because people don't want to pay the big dollars for a cake it's like a cake and i can go and buy one from a supermarket why would i pay four times more well obviously you're paying for quality and you're paying for the design and yeah, exactly. you're paying for the years of practice that yep. people have put into actually perfecting a skill. Um, give me a rundown of how you started developing your little recipe for it all. So did you, how much trial and error or did you have it straight off the bat or was it just like... Oh no, it's been trial and error. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, just even trialling a vanilla cake in a cupcake that's not that's going to do everything you need it to do. It sounds ridiculous, really, when you say it, but no, it's got to be... You, you don't want it to go stale too quickly because they're not a long shelf life. Yep. But it's also got to be able to support buttercream and it's got to be able to... So it's just it's just trial and it's just tweaking, really. Yep. And I do a lot of research and reading and read other recipes and I've never had a cooking done a cooking course or a baking just course in my life. life. It's just Google. all... Yeah, it's just all and practice and what I like and what I don't like. When I taught myself to make macarons, that probably brought me to my knees. Yeah, hard. And and by the end of it, I would put one macaron at a time in the oven because I was just throwing out so many batches, complete batches. Very tough gig to to get right and to... But I got it in the... Like, I'm quite determined. I'm quite a determined person. And if I want to do something, I will keep going till I can do it, basically. Yep. Yeah. What's your What's the best seller? You have a best seller in, in the shop? Lemon Delicious is the best seller. Really? Yes. Jeez, I would not have picked that. And if I don't have it in the shop... People crack it. Oh, people crack it. Mm. And Red Velvet. Like, we've had dummy spits. But for not having Red Velvet, no? Oh, yeah. And people are, like, truly upset. Yeah, right. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, well, but what's your favourite? What's your favourite? Do you have a favourite? Oh, caramel. 
Yeah, I'm a, I'm a caramel yeah, type of guy. I'm too. a real caramel lover. What intrigues me uh, with these shops and, and things like that, when I went out the back, I couldn't get over where it's just like... So I'm the, I'm the type of guy that'll pay more money in the supermarket for a smaller item so I don't demolish the packet. Does that make sense? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, I'm paying $5 for the little, little yes, bar. rather than the jumbo over, size. Yeah, over the, yeah. And, um, but you do run a gym, don't you? Like? Yeah, but I, I just I just struggled to, like, when I walked out the back that time yeah. there, and I just remember seeing just, like, containers and containers of food. Mm. I was like, fuck, oh, I would get so bad. I, I'd be just huge in there. I, was like, I can't stop. I can't. I wouldn't. <laughs> How do you, do you, do you, do you eat the products as you go? <laughs> You well, do. I sort of speak for myself, really. Um, never trust a skinny cook. That's what they say. <laughs> yeah. um, I do have a sweet tooth. Um, I'm sort of getting a reputation as the sweet, the sugar dealer in town. Oh. Mm. Backdoor deals. I do deal in sugar. Mm. And I make money selling sugar. <laughs> how, much sugar do you, how much sugar do you go through a week? Have you calculated? Oh, um, well, we get all our stuff. We get as much stuff locally as we can. So Wendry wholesalers provide us with our baking products so flour yep. sugar and they bring in 25 kilo bags of sugar of caster sugar so we probably get probably one of those every fortnight and every week we get six 25 kilo bags of icing sugar every week yeah six 25 kilo bags yeah 125 125 no 150 something like that oh my god mm. far out so the dentists love us in town yeah. yeah. Actually, this reminded me. Actually, I should write that down. I do need to get the dentist. Um, so who? So obviously, Google taught you to do it. Like, sorry, YouTube and and your yeah. Google's and things like yeah. that. When do you start to? So the, the business is going well. You're selling plenty of cupcakes. When did you start to pivot to something else? Or was it always? Um, and pivot to other types of like the the I can't even say the word macarons. Macarons. Was that always from the start? Or no. Was it, nah. No, it was just initially just cupcakes, and yep. that's what I knew what to do, or how to do it, basically. Yeah. And then people would come in and say, do you do big cakes? And we'd like, no, we're the little cupcake shop. <laughs> like, <laughs> Makes sense, <laughs> I guess. Not the big cake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then there was a need for it, basically. Okay. And I didn't really want to do it, but I thought, no. You, you're just going to have to get on board and do it. So I had to teach myself to make big cakes and because it is different to making little cakes. And then I had to learn how to ice them. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone wants the smooth edge and the drip. And you can't do that in a day. That takes takes a lot of time. So it's just something that we then took on board. Yep. And then really the other things that I do or bring out from time to time are really just to keep it fresh. For me as well as everybody else. Yeah, you want to be doing something different. I have to be doing something creative and something new, and I get excited by that. I mean, my favourite sort of cake order is when someone says, oh, I want chocolate on caramel, but you you do the rest. Chocolate on caramel, but you do the rest. As in, like, you make it up. Oh, yeah, I can design it, or I can, or they say, oh, I want a cake um, based on Lego, or I want one based on... like We don't do fondant cakes. Yep and make all little figurines and things like that. Like the wedding style stuff? No. Too much time? Um, it's not something I've ever got into and it does take a lot of time. Yeah. And I'm just not a massive fan. Like I don't really like the taste of it. I'm not a massive fan of the look of it. They're normally, are they normally just fruitcakes too or no? Used to be, but yeah. not so much anymore. Okay. So 
I have got people that I know that if people ask for that, I can pass them on. Cool. But yeah, that's just too, taking on too much. After you, you after you started um, getting all these people coming in the door and everyone started to realise who you guys were, yeah. were you always doing delivery or that started after that? Ooh. We did deliveries pretty early on and we used to have a little escargot car yep. until it carked it, but it was gorgeous. I'd love to get another one of those. So we did do the odd delivery, whereas now it's more a standard people expect and know that we deliver and we do yep. every day and that's really the thing that got us through COVID. You know, I came back in COVID. Oh and you ordered the Jumanji you, or something. Do, no, yeah, that's it. I was going to say do you remember who ordered? <laughs> yes. So I called you up and, and the thing like, is you can't like you can't. No, I know. You, you've just got to be professional the whole oh, way and was, there you are at the, at the window. At the yeah, window. So I yeah I called with my mate Chrissy Rad and we were um in the car and we're doing just like oh what are people doing during COVID so it was like um Mitchell House are doing like the wine like they were driving around with the yeah, wine they had like the right. wine mobile and then um you guys were just doing a tap and go sort of scenario so I rang up and I was like oh I can't remember what what I even asked for I was just like whatever what do you sort of think you're like who's the order for and I was like uh Jumanji <laughs> And then I asked you how to spell it. Yeah, you did ask me how to spell it. And then we rock up and then you're like, uh, did you order something? I'm like, yeah, it's under Jumanji. Yeah. <laughs> and then the penny drops. That'd be right. That'd be, that'd be typical yeah, you. Yeah, I should have guessed. Um, what I was going to say before. Yeah. What is your average day like? That's what I was going to say. Oh, it's busy. Early? Yes, early. Early to start, go. Um, early start to be 5.30. Yep. Which for oh, a baker. Geez, I thought you'd be earlier. No. No. No, I'm pretty organised. Yep. Um, Christmas, Easter, any of those big Mother's Day or whatever, you yep. can do sort of five hours work before the shop opens. Because okay. we open at 9.30. Yep. So we give ourselves a bit of extra time in the morning, not yep. open at sort of 8 o'clock or anything. Yep. But, um, yeah, by the time we open, we have everything ready to go. And I could easily turn around and go back to bed. Yeah. Put it that way. And how many cakes would you do on those big days? Like, what, oh. like give me a sta- is there a standard number? Um, or what's your record? You got a record? I don't actually count them as such, but we could easily do 800. 800 cakes a day? Cupcakes, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, on a really busy day. Far yeah. out. Mm. Um, are you planning to expand at all or not? Well, that's... A that's a really interesting question. Because you are. Is that why no, you're No, 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 no. <laughs> I do think about it. But? Um, we did a pop-up in Geelong for six months that was very successful, but we were taking cakes down there every day. Oh, it's a not. And it's just... was Santa there? Well, Mark was... Oh. We employed a girl down there, and Mark yep. was sort of driving them, and, what, and it just got too hard. We just thought... Hectic. I've thought a lot about opening another shop because a lot of people tell us that we're in the east and they want you know they want something over sort of lucas and we did a thing with wilson's and we had a outlet in their little cafe at wilson's okay yeah. and lucas but after covid and whatever they've leased that cafe out yeah so it's we now the orchard i think it's called now yeah oh it was called the orchard cafe i think so um, we didn't sort of keep that up, but no, I've, I've thought about it and a few times and then thought, I'm getting older. <laughs> yeah, when, when do you want to start? When do you want to stop? When, like, when do yeah. you want to start well, that's, back? that's the thing. Not sure. You don't know? Not sure. I mean, 
Mm. It's we, a tough we, one. We looked at franchising before all COVID and everything, and I think it would go very well. Have I got the energy? That's the thing to do it. Would you get somebody else involved in that? Let your style too hard Don't to let know. go. No, not necessarily. Yeah. Open to office. Okay, there we go. Yeah. You'd heard of you first. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic little business and it can be run, well, sort of two to four people probably. Yeah. Um, at the way it is at the moment. But it, it's hard work. Like, it's you're on your feet all day and, you know, I'm. I'm not 60, but I'm not 50. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not I'm 50 not either, you know? <laughs> How do you go with work-life balancing? Like, I find this is interesting for yeah. business owners that oh, I ask on here. Never stops. Especially now on social media, if someone emails you at 8 o'clock at night, and generally you do get it because if you're on your devices or whatever, yeah. and it's about tomorrow, they want an answer tonight. Oh, but yeah. So you have to be, do you, you, really, do you not reply ever? Sometimes, well, it depends what it is. Sometimes I have to. Yeah. So that's, people demand that you be available all the time. I the get, way things are at the moment. Well, I get phone calls, right? Yes. Yeah. And like, it'd be worse in your industry, but I get phone calls for the gym, sometimes at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And they're like, hey, I'm just looking for a casual session. And I'm like, it's... It's 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Like, yeah, but it says 24-7 gym. Like, yeah, but not for, like, oh, you know what I mean? Management, yeah. Yeah, so you get, like, that type of, I get that type of stuff, but yeah. I suppose yours are probably a little bit more. Oh, we have cake, a lot of cake emergencies as well. Oh, like things go wrong? Or, or people were getting cakes from somewhere and suddenly the make, cake maker couldn't make it. And we have a lot of sort of last minute. I mean, the world is a last minute place now. Mm. And people expect you to be available, you want the business, then you'll answer my email or you'll answer the phone. I don't answer the phone after working hours. Yeah, I, oh, so you'll answer emails and texts and that? Sometimes I will. Yeah. And over the weekends, because our weekend's Sunday, Monday. Yeah. Two days is a long time in someone's mind if they want cake. So if you don't address some of the issues, you don't get the business. So hmm. pe- people do expect, yeah. And often Mondays are buying things that we need for the shop or doing accounts or there's a lot more to it than making a cake and I think yeah, that's definitely. what people don't realise. There's a you can see the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg is the cupcake, but under that there's a massive amount of work that goes into just as business owners and I running a business, fulfilling all your obligations, keeping customers happy, staying in contact with people, people yep. change, you know, they want one gluten free in their order and they email you, so you know that's it sounds like it that would be no work, but it's quite a bit of work then. You've got to oh, go and, and find it. Everyone's doing it, it too, yeah. And they all want it right, you know. We really we try and get everything right as far as possible. Sometimes we make mistakes. Yep. And that's hard too. People aren't very forgiving. Of People mistakes, are pretty things. rough on I actually had a um a situation the other day with one of my friends that I tried to pull into line a little bit because he went into a restaurant around town. Mm. They said it was going to be something that it wasn't, like the meal or whatever, and um, he railed them. Like he told me after yeah. that he, you know, he railed them and, and gave them like a re- review. And oh, I was yes. so angry. I was yeah. like, are you fucking joking me? Like I don't, I just don't agree with people doing that shit. Yeah. But there's, there's definitely people that can have off days or, but yeah, a lot of people aren't very forgiving. Like it's They're just, not very forgiving. And the thing is, as I think as far as, especially with food business, owners yep. people now do expect everything they expect the top for the all the time like it's you know i'm paying top dollar for this and that oh, it's yeah. just like yep 
and I mean they have a right in a way to expect that but if you if you do get a date wrong or you know you forget to put the gluten-free one in or something oh look to be honest look some people are very understanding and they're just like fine and we try and fix things if we've made a mistake we do our best to fix it but we're still human and all business owners are human and they're doing the best they can for their business you would never purposely make a mistake exactly you're not doing it on purpose ever no exactly so yeah it's it's a tough call sometimes yeah I would say 98% of our customers and are great yep. and you know they love what we do and we become friends with a lot of them and there's sort of that two percent that can be very tough and i think two people use this review thing yeah it's like a bit of a, a, a hold over you in it's a, a hold over you yeah. like you don't do what i want i'll put a bad review up right, and yeah. i'm hoping that sort of dies out a bit and people aren't so focused on that because that can just destroy a business can and it can devastate a business owner like yep. one bad review of something where you may have made a mistake or yep and so it's stuck there that's the thing it's just sitting and there and it's just like yeah come it's on, stuck Martin. there and it's sitting there and yeah i mean better. sometimes with cake as well I mean, it hasn't happened to us, but I know it's happened to other cake makers. Something has gone wrong with the cake. Now you don't eat the cake; you bake it and you ice it, but you don't eat it. You don't, yep. you know, you judge that it would be good, but if yep. you do make a mistake, yeah, they're absolutely scathing, scathing, and they get all their friends to so badmouth you on on socials. On socials, it's really very difficult. Reminds me of the comment section of the Courier. Yes. Stay away from it. <laughs> I do. Yeah, no, stay away from it. Uh, any advice for anyone that wants to sort of get into this industry? Do you have anything that you might say to somebody that's... Be prepared to work hard, mm. basically. You don't get anything for nothing. Like, you earn every cent. And some cents are harder to earn than others because there's a lot more involved than, than just providing a cake. Yep. But if you love what you do and you're prepared to give it a go, go for it. Why not? You know, as long as you don't put yourself in a position where if it fails, then it's going to devastate your financial position or, you know, your family position or anything. Just try and be smart about how you go about it. Yeah. Is it, do you have a, like someone that you look up to in that sort of space, in the social media space or any sort of businesses that you really love that do similar to you guys? I've got a few people that I follow, um, not not in Ballarat necessarily, but I mean cake places. Yeah. But I but I also yeah yeah do, like around the world or anything. Yeah, like, I yeah. do. Yeah. Go on, hit me. Who you got? Um, there's oh, I can't remember their names exactly, but there's a good one in Brisbane that I follow, and there's one in Paris that I look at, and mm-hmm. I like Pinterest as well. So some good I ideas, like getting ideas. Yeah. And anywhere I go, I'll always look in the shops and be always thinking about what can I do with that or how would that look or could we start something new with that. So, yeah, yeah it's just a constant creative process and that's what I love about it. To create yeah. something new. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm a musician as well. I mean, that's what I do. I do create stuff and it just happens to have gone from music, although I still do play in the Ballarat Symphony. Do you? Yeah. Oh, wow. When's that? Oh, is it? Oh, we do yeah. four concerts, three or four concerts a year. Yeah. But and you'll love it. With COVID, yeah. Yes, yeah. that might be where you go then. You might just fall back I might into, do. Never back know. into that. I doubt it, but you never know. You doubt it? <laughs> well, actually, when we were going to open the shop, I said to my husband, look, if the cupcakes fail, because we're both music teachers, we'll just teach music in the, the rooms. 
So that was my fallback position. Oh yeah, just like so, the one-on-one sessions and that. Yeah, just yeah. teach, I teach flute. So that's what I do. And anyone who's sort of going to start a business, always have a fallback position if you can. Yeah. Yeah, that's my, my advice really. Do you have any uh, places around town that you really love personally? Just give a bit of a shout out to any in the food industry. Mm, your definitely. Um, Moon and Mountain. Jeez, it's, I reckon they get, every podcast, I reckon they get listed. Do they? Oh, yeah. well, you can see why. Yeah, I mean, not only is the food great, but the whole atmosphere is, and I just really like what they do. Yep, yeah, definitely. Really like that. Um, where else? Oh, there's so many places. I mean, not that I get out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you. <laughs> uh, the hydrant's pretty good. Um, Sammy, yeah. I haven't been there for a long time, actually. Yeah. Um, it's nice in there. The one with all the umbrellas. What's that called? The Hop Temple? Yeah, I've only been there once. Yeah, that's quite nice. Do you drink much? No. No, okay. No. Isn't that just like a drinking menu, though? Or the no, or no, they've got food. Because okay. yeah. Yeah, no. I know, because quite a few musos go there. Okay. And they do have live music sometimes as well. Like, I reckon I did go there when there was live music on, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's why I've been there. Awesome. Oh, I'm so boring. No, not boring. Because um, you're pretty harsh on yourself. I know, but... <laughs> <laughs> Where else? Uh, Any sweet tree places that you love? Like, is there one... What's that one? I haven't been there yet. It's pretty new on... Yeah, it's on Mare Street, uh, near the roundabout there. Um, oh shit, what's it called? It's just... Crossroad from like Bow Repairs, is it? Like the tie joint? Not Bow Repairs, Bow Repairs? The know. orange joint? No? Is it a dessert shop or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't think I know about it. No, I've been in there. I, I think it's oh, half okay. recent. Oh, okay. Sorry. To yeah. the owner no, of that. no, I don't. I don't want any. I don't want any competition. No competition. No. Sorry. <laughs> I'm purpose for getting that name. No, uh, I really don't. <laughs> no, know. I don't. I'm not sure either. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I've got some questions for you. Yeah. So I, I did send you send these through. Yeah. I did read them. Did you read them a like, while ago? Yeah. I can't yeah. Sorry. They were, we we were meant right. to do this before the COVID run, and then COVID hit. You were pretty swamped. I was pretty swamped, yeah. and then I thought, well. Here we go. We're back two weeks later. Yeah. What's something that uh, people would be surprised to know, know about you? What to find out about you? This could get deep. Here we go. Give me something. Something they'd be surprised to know about me. Probably that I was a soldier. Yeah, it's pretty big, actually. Yeah. I didn't know that. You one. wouldn't guess that. No. What? And how did you get into that? Sorry. How come you got? Well, when I was 17, yeah. I joined the army. Yeah, but why, why did you join the army? Because I wanted to be a musician. And there weren't what? a lot of paid music jobs. Ah, makes sense. Mm. Okay. Um, what do you love most, apart from family? Sugar. <laughs> 25 kilos of sugar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sugar is good. <laughs> I love seeing people enjoy themselves and happy and I love kindness and I love people who have empathy and compassion. Mm, good people. Yeah. Yeah. Good Australian stuff with good people. Um, what are you most afraid of? Sharks. 
Sugar tax? Sugar is <laughs> Sugar tax? I was going to say tax in general. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. pretty much. Tax in general. I'm not afraid of a lot, really. I think by the time you get to my age, you pretty much suss things out. Have you skydived before? No. Bungee jump? No. Would you do it? Would I want to? No, not really. Would no. you do it? Um, if I pay for you to go with me, would you do it? <laughs> You'd have to pay me to go with you, but you'd also have to pay me extra. <laughs> to get it, to jump yeah. out of that plane. Like a million dollars. I, in 2012, I had a guy I was training that gave me a present to go skydiving, oh, yes. uh, right? And he, we went, he could have got called off like five or six times. Like drove down a couple of times, not too windy, stayed down the oh. night in Geelong because it was like in Torquay. Yep. Nah, sorry, can't do it today. Oh. And then he ended up getting his money back because I think he got really scared about like the, um, a bit like, not superstitious, but what's it like? Like you shouldn't moment. do it. Yeah, yeah, like it's telling us something. Yes. So I haven't done that yet. I've done bungee jumping, but uh, I mean, I'll do it with you if you really want to. I'll, I'll, can we take a rain check on we that? We can take a rain check if you want, yeah. but I'll, I'll be okay to do that. Um, what's something someone said to you in your life that you've never forgotten? Uh, when my grandfather was dying, I would have been about 18, I think. And he just said to me, grow up nicely. Oh, wow. Never forgotten that. On his death, that sort of thing. Far out. And that's just stuck. Yep. Grow up nicely. Yeah. I really like that. Do you say that to many people now? No. No. Nah. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any mentors or people that you really look up to in your life? Not your standard sort of. No, standard's not. That's fine. What yeah, have you? What have you? Probably not your standard. Um, oh, I just can't. That's really. Can't think of one. No. I can't think of anyone who. Obviously, I do. Yeah. There'd be people that I do look at in the community that I respect and take notice of. I yep. just can't think of any offhand. Doesn't have to be in the community. It could be even someone on social media that you follow, or somebody that's in that bigger space in America, or. Probably more in the disability field, just because that's what I've been. I've been. In. Yeah. That's what I was thrust into, basically. I feel like, sorry, we have brushed over that a little bit. I feel like we should have a bit more of a chat about that. Yeah. When, when was the, like, so, so the initial part, can you explain to me, did you know that you had a disability straight away? Or, like, when they did tests or that? Or was it more so when she starts to grow up? I don't know too much in the field, sorry. I don't yeah. know what questions are that's appropriate, okay. inappropriate. Things. Yeah. That's all right, I'll tell you. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I've actually so, written a book about my daughter. Okay. And yeah, that's been um, when what, I was 40, so... What's it called? It's called um, Ella. It's called Ella. It's called Ella. Awesome. And that's basically the story of, of how, like, our story... Of growing up, yeah. She would, yeah, she would have been up till the age of sort of sixteen, I think it was. So there's a lot more that's happened after that, but really that's defined me as a person. Yeah. Completely, completely different person that going through that experience. But we didn't know she had a disability, and we, in those days, you didn't 
automatically go for ultrasounds or anything. So I didn't have an ultrasound. Yeah. And... Oh, so they, they didn't do... Back then there wasn't they, like the... They did, but it wasn't like a standard procedure. Yeah. So you could request it if you wanted to. So when she was born, she was born a fully extended breech. Do you know what that means? No, hit me. That means she came out bottom first with her legs straight uh, up around yeah. her. Yep. Yeah, which yep. isn't ideal. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> and then the obstetrician sort of took her and they do the APGAR test and she opened her mouth to cry. Yep. And the first thing he said was, oh, I think we have a problem here. Oh, really? Yeah, which is not what you want to hear when you've just had a baby. No, I was going to say, when you've gone through all that. And no, no. So um, she had a big hole in the top of her mouth, so she had a cleft palate. Yep. So not a lip, just the whole top of her mouth was missing, basically. So that's the first thing that we knew, um, and that brought immediate problems because you couldn't feed her. Now, you've just had a newborn. Mm. You Is know that, what it's like. Oh, my God, yeah, full on. Very full on. So you couldn't feed her... Couldn't, can't breastfeed her and can't feed her with a normal bottle. So we had to race around Melbourne, or my husband did, finding these bottles that sort of had a very flat top and a very soft underside. Okay. So you sort of drip the milk because there's no vacuum. Yeah. And you just sort of basically have to drip the milk into her mouth and then, of course, she'd bring it all up and... Wow. It was hell on earth. Yeah. It was absolute hell for months and months and months. So that's a, that's a sign of a disability that when they don't Not have... always. Okay. Um, she had something called Piero band sequence where her chin was on her chest like that. Yep. And sometimes that can force the tongue to the top of the mouth and stop the palate growing over. Okay. So we hoped that's what it was. But we didn't find out till she was nine months old when she went to have that repair that um, a geneticist came into the hospital, or three of them actually. Yep. And they just sort of looked at her for 10 minutes, dressed her, undressed her, and then they came back two hours later, one of them did, and said basically your child's got a severe disability, it's called Cornelia de Lange syndrome. It means she probably won't ever talk or walk and she'll probably die before she reaches adulthood. Wow. So when you've been in hospital for four days with no sleep and you're told that, it's completely devastating. I was gonna say you would have been devastated. Utterly devastated. I can't imagine that you'd change it now, though. No, I wouldn't change it now. No. No, and no, interestingly... Because it shapes you as a person, too, and, like, it's, mm. it becomes your life. Like it's Oh, it, it's all-consuming. Yeah. And it's been, you know, she's had something like 42 operations and, you know, she's got an intellectual disability and lots of behaviour disorders and, like, a whole list, if I showed you, you, yeah. you wouldn't want your daughter to have one of those. Yeah. She's got about, sort of, 12, so... And they're things that you get, it comes sort of by blows. It's not all at once. It's then there's this, and then there's that, and then there's this, and then there's that. Yeah. And it changes everything about your, the way you view life. It changes everything about how you interact with people. Yeah. Changes everything about your family life with your sibling. Yeah. Changes yeah. everything about your friendship groups. It just changes everything. And as I said, you said, you know, you wouldn't change it. No, I wouldn't because we all adore her. We just yeah, love her to death. Yeah. Has it been tough? Yes, it's been tough. Is it worth doing? Absolutely worth doing. My other daughter is actually, she works for a disability agency now in Sydney called Hira. Yep. And she does quite a bit of writing as well. And she's just written something about um, Dawkins, Richard Dawkins in Ireland was interviewed a couple of weeks ago and basically said that, if you know you have a child that has a disability, then you should have bought them. 
because basically the happiness of the family and the world is far better if you don't have these children. And so she wrote a piece rebutting that. Yeah. And it's just so, it's just the way the world is going. I mean, now I think 85% of people who have a child that's, they do a test for Down syndrome that have it, have an abortion. And it's so tragic. It's just, it's probably the thing that drives me more than anything, cupcakes aside, you know, this, yeah. is, this is really what I'm about. And it's about seeing the value of every single person even if they can't do something for us or give us something. Because that's really what a lot of us want, isn't it? It's what can you do for me? What can you... And that is that your value. Well, in fact, it's completely upside down. It's... That's not true. It's just false. And Ella has a right to have her life as herself, just like you and I do. Yeah. And it's not our decision to say, oh, sorry, you'll be... I think you'll be happier without having that in your life. And is life about happiness? Is it? I, I don't do anything unless it makes me happy, but in saying that, I feel like what you've gone through is still, like there's still, you're still happy, like you're still, and you can still find happiness out of all of that and, and learn everything from that. And like I, I can't imagine the learning curve that would have mm. happened from the position mm. that you guys were in. But learning to serve someone else rather than be served is yep. a very powerful thing. And that's what drives me. So, yes, cupcakes are my job and, you know, that's what I need to do to pay my bills and whatever, and I do love them. But my, I guess my real passion is, is just showing people that a child like Ella <laughs> and all the guys that, you know, live with her, you know, we just love them to death and they're just such amazing people. They've overcome so much adversity, so many of them, so much isolation, so much negativity, so much, well, you know, oh, you probably shouldn't even be alive, you should be aborted. I mean, these people are just, they should teach regular people. There is so much they can teach regular people if people only stopped. You know, they're loyal, they're funny, they're honest, they're, they're amazing individuals. How does the share house work? How does that all so like? They have a lot of different models but the model Ella's in is there are four units and two people in each unit. Yeah. So and they're staffed 24 7. Yeah. Like overnight staff because they need 24 7 care. So they all sort of like they sleep in the like the any units with them and? Yeah they sleep in the middle of sort of the four units. Yeah. So there's yeah one overnighter and I guess the thing is people with, especially with intellectual disability, like people with intellectual disability can't advocate for themselves. So Ella would not be able to sit here, I mean, she'd talk to you a little bit, but she couldn't advocate and say, look, I'm, I'm worth having in the world. Yeah. Just because I cost a bit of money and, you know, I can't work, it doesn't mean I've got nothing to give. And it's just really sad that that's the way the world, most of the world thinks. But they're also scared, you know, you see someone with an intellectual disability and you've never been around one. I think people's, most of people's reaction is, oh, that's scary. Yeah. They're just people. Yeah. I mean, you, to try and it, get it out there, that's that's my passion. It's the education. I was going to say that I think the education is the biggest thing that needs to be brought out now. Mm. Because mm. I, I know a lot of people struggle. And I, because I don't know where like I said to you before, like I don't, like what, what's okay to, like I want to talk about things or I want to ask questions, but then mm -hmm. I don't want to be offensive to anyone. And 
Yeah, but that's this stupid political correctness thing that's yep. taken over the world. It has. I mean, I would rather you say something and then you talk about it and then I might say to you, oh, well, we prefer to, rather than say that retarded person, we prefer prefer to to refer to people with intellectual disability as uh, this is a person yeah. who has, because firstly, they're a person. Yeah. So my daughter or Ella has an intellectual disability. Yeah. So it's not hard. It's just, you've got to have some compassion as well. Definitely. Yeah. Sharing that. We should have touched on that a fair bit earlier. Did, um, where can people read that book, find that book? Um, it's probably out of print by now. Yeah. But, is um, it an online copy or not? Uh, no, I don't think it is now because there aren't any copies left, so. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you might have to go into the little cupcake. Is it in there somewhere <laughs> that they can sit and have a cupcake I, and read? I can't. I, <laughs> I keep lending it to people and then it just comes home occasionally and it goes out again. Alright, well, maybe just hit you up on the socials if you want to find that book. Um, the last question I have for you, who would you like to see on the podcast next? Mm, this was hard. Mm. But um, I thought it'd be interesting to talk to the people who run the supers. Uh, yes, hang on. Um, I think Craig Skeps might have started it. That's just down the road from you. Pardon? It's just down the road from you, yeah? It is. Yeah, and... Um, is Sometimes we give them... I think it is Lorraine. Yeah. Yeah, we, we were years, yeah. giving them, yeah, cupcakes. our leftover cupcakes. Yeah. But I just think people who... People who interest me are people who have a passion to do things Farmers. to help other people. Yeah. Rather than, you know, what, what motivates them to do that? What's their story? Yeah, I guess because that's what it's as she's, you say that's what it's all about she's a lovely person actually mm. yeah you'd have to be um, wouldn't you yeah, well, yeah definitely mm. pretty selfless mm. beautiful thank you so much for coming on do you have any anything else you want to say to the, to the Ballarat community and listeners out there oh just thanks for embracing us as, as well as you do and you know we love supplying things that make people happy the best cupcakes in town <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> beautiful thanks Alan appreciate thank you. your time thanks Josh thank you so much thanks for tuning in team once again would appreciate any reviews you've got down below have a great day